Welcome back to the Exponential Leader podcast series. And today, episode 10, our final episode in the six Ds to digital acceleration. We're looking at the six D, democratization. Hey, it's going to be an interesting episode today. We've been on this journey for the last few weeks, looking at the six Ds to digital acceleration. Either these six Ds are going to accelerate you or they're going to disrupt you. They are going to become a digital tsunami in your life that could knock you off your perch and you're going to start to see things like dematerialization, the less need for physical things, demonetization, losing income because we haven't moved ourselves or pivoted ourselves into this area. So come on, I'm super expecting to be with you today and I say to you again, if you've gained something from these episodes, share them with your friends, your family, those that you know. Maybe it's been a casual conversation you've had with somebody and you've They've been saying to you, well, you know, we've been losing income or we're not sure what to do. We don't know why we're losing money. Send the series to them. Encourage them to have a listen. Maybe one nugget or two things will speak to them and it can change the way they do business forever. Come on. Can't wait to be with you today. Our final D in the six Ds, democratization. I'll see you on the other side of this. Well, our six D, democratization, and we've had a look at the last five our first one, digitization. Whenever you digitize an industry, you set it up for potential disruption. The second D was deceptive growth. Whenever you digitize an industry, you send it into what is known as deceptive growth, meaning it starts to gain traction. People, More people start to use it, and you think it's not going to affect you because it's actually entered a silent or behind-the-scenes growth. And that is how Apple managed to bankrupt Nokia because Nokia thought it was just another mobile company that's hitting the market, but yet the difference between the iPhone and the Nokia products was that iPhone was connected to the internet, internet operating system. And so when they thought it was just another competitor, it was exponentially growing and it ended deceptive growth. And when Nokia sort of opened their eyes, they were on the verge of bankruptcy. Then we look at disruption when it actually reaches maturity, five to seven years, it then actually starts to disrupt that industry. It starts to shut physical things down or physical things have to scale down because of the the impact of digitization. <clears throat> then goes into the fourth one, which is dematerialization, where physical things were the only way we did business, physical services, physical locations. And now there is a dematerialization, things that could become apps, things that could be uh, transitioned or pivoted across or traded off, like your torch on your phone or your calculator. Those were things that were physical products and now they've been dematerialized. So that factory, those staff, the rentals of that physical operation will either be have to scale down or totally shut down, depending on the impact the digitization has on that industry. And then last week we had a look at demonetization, where we spoke about once things are dematerialized, well, it then leads to demonetization, where there is a less as lower income or a smaller need for physical money because it has been demonetized or you're losing money. Clients have opted to go to other places that are digitally offering them easier and more convenient services. And so your industry, your business, it starts to demonetize. Your church, your offerings, they become less because the online people, you're not accessing those people to let them contribute as well towards the offering as they would have if they were in a physical building. Now again, these things aren't all cast in stone and thus saith the Lord and perfect. But these six Ds are causing disruption all over the world. I shared with us last week when I went into a store and I said to that guy, how is your business doing? And 
the first thing he did was he told me about these challenges. And when I told him, have you thought about, you know, digitizing your company? It's the typical, the immune system kicks in. I don't believe in this. It's not enough margin, not enough money. And I'm not there to convince him. I'm not there to argue with him. But I can tell you that I'm sure every single month or every single year, his margin is going to become less and less, and either to the point of closure or to the point of scaling down or to the point of, you know, not trying to understand, not understanding why. It's because digitization, it's continually disrupting the market and will continue to do so. So if you look at the 6D, the D of democratization, this means that with the transition into a, the digital era, the access to information and knowledge to masses of people now becomes democratized. I mean, Google is now a verb. Just Google it because it's just something you Google. So no longer is the corporate company filled with experts controlling the market or decisions and income streams. So because if you, look, if you, if you think about that, that statement I just made, is that no longer is the corporate company filled with experts in the physical world controlling the market or decisions and income streams. You see, in the days gone by, the guy with the biggest building or the guy with the biggest, you know, market share, the guy with the most experts, the guy with the, you know, information behind closed doors within a laboratory or in a room, those were the guys who led the market. If you look at, at most, you know, I grew up in an era where um, there was always these large corporate companies and they had big head offices and big buildings. And again, that's not to say it's going to go away, but the challenge is that no longer is the expert sitting behind in an office somewhere and I have to drive to that person and pay them for their services. I can now just Google it. Information has become democratized. Millions of people have access to the same website or the same YouTube video in order to gain the information because digitization has democratized the way in which we do life. So if you look at ways how they democratize GPS, I mean, Nokia and later Navtech were the corporate giants of the cellular and the GPS industry. They controlled the research and development of mobile phones from within the walls of Nokia's head office in Helsinki, Finland. The general public had very little insight into what happened behind the closed doors of the corporate world. Every few months, a public announcement would be made regarding the launch of a new mobile phone with no input possible from the general public. Nokia produced and the general public consumed. In the meantime, Three guys in Israel were operating from their parents' garage and developing the Waze GPS app. They had no corporate logos or corporate offices, blocks, or even social prominence, but they had the internet. The minute they were able to upload their app into the app store, they democratized the accessibility to their product. Millions of potential users could download the app, read uh, reviews, and make suggestions on how to better improve the app. For the first time, the corporate giants of Nokia or Navtech were outmuscled, outmarketed, and potentially outsold by three young developers operating from their parents' garage. Nokia was unable to do anything about it. You see, digitization democratizes access to information as well as gives small players the ability to compete with a previously dominant scarcity model of these corporate companies. Although this will create challenges, positive and negative, pertaining to certain industries, it is something that cannot be avoided. Today, so many just Google it, like I said earlier, and then consult the expert later. I have a member in our church who's a physiotherapist, and she always says to me that whenever her biggest challenge today is not what's wrong with the people, it's that the people come with Googled information and basically tell the expert, tell the physiotherapist, I think you must do this to me because I Googled it. And that's what starts to happen. 
information becomes democratized. Everybody is now an expert. Everybody has knowledge in some shape, form, or size. You can't pull the wool over everyone's eyes because they can just Google it and see if you what you're saying is true or not. So the customer no longer is king only, but now also has become an informed king. You see, businesses are very little hiding place when it comes to the reviews and opinions of internet trolls and the keyboard warriors. Everyone knows something about everything, and if they are unsatisfied with a service received or product purchased, then they have the platform to tell the world. Information has forever been democratized. So what about the church? I mean, the same thing rings true for the church. As much as digitalization is a great tool to reach more people for Jesus, it is also a great threat to the belief systems of many. So many... Uh, so much content is being uploaded onto the internet about the non-existence of God and the need not to belong to a church or is Jesus a fairy tale, etc., etc. Digitalization has democratized access of information to people globally, both positively and negatively. That is why I believe that if your church or your organization does not digitize your belief and your discipleship tracks to avail it to everyone everywhere, it will only give the enemy more leverage to feed your members with the opposite content. So we need to add to the physical church the intentional creativity to digitize Jesus and his gospel message in order to intercept people's mobile phones so that faith can be seen and heard in a predominantly fear-driven media world. I trust you are beginning to see the impact of digitization in the world today, as well as how it will affect you either positively or negatively, depending on how you choose to position and transition yourself. I truly believe that technology can serve as a powerful tool in adding value to the body of Christ if understood and applied correctly. So the chapters ahead that we're going to have a look at in the next few weeks, we're going to look towards our onward journey of digital transformation in your ministry and different aspects of your life. But if you look at this concept again in this final episode of democratization, I was reading in the Exponential Organization book, Salim Ishmael and Peter Diamandis, they share a very interesting concept of where people democratize, they, they, they put competitions out, and people love competitions. In one case, there was the story they share about a, a mine, I think it was either in Australia, I think it was a diamond, no, a gold mine or a diamond mine, I speak on a correction, and they'd run out of um, you know, resource. They, they, there was no more pipes or diamond pipes to dig, and wherever they were digging, they were finding no, no diamonds. So what they did was they put out a, a competition online and they said we've got a challenge our geologists tell us that there's no more diamonds left in this area and we want to offer somebody like let's say a hundred thousand dollars or whatever it might be if you can find us a new diamond pipe that we can continue our business and so they put a competition out and lo and behold it was two school teachers in new zealand who actually had a love for geology and a love for geography and they spent all the time and doing Google Maps and using the technology available to them. They never actually once went to the place where the mine was. They used the technology available to them. And by process of elimination, they came back and they said, we believe that there is a pipe lying here. And if you dig here, you'll find the diamonds. Well, the competition said that they would try to dig, obviously, where the people came with valid you know, answers. And they, lo and behold, they dug there and they found a whole new pipe of diamonds. Now, I make the point to say that expert geologists told them there's no more diamonds in that area. But two school teachers were able to find a solution to the problem. Why? Because of digitization. It was, they democratized the world and two people could 
contribute towards this company's future and existence simply by using tools to their resources, to their ability. I think of Elon Musk, who is the founder of SpaceX and the, the rocket ship company. And he tells the story of how he went to Russia to see the technology they were using for space travel. And he said he was astounded. He was flabbergasted to find that the Russians were still using 1960 or 1970 technology in 2000s. And he said, if you look at America, they put a man on the moon in 1969 or 1970, but they've never been back to the moon. They've never gone back to these places where they once achieved it with the technology that was available then. So what Elon Musk did was he said, well, the reason that the space industry is so difficult to penetrate is because the rockets that they make are only used once or if the thing fails, it's destroyed. So he put out a competition and said, I want to know from anybody out there in the world, how do we develop a reusable rocket, a rocket that can return, it can land and we can reuse it. And this was an unknown commodity. It was an unknown solution that rocket scientists literally never even thought or didn't know how because there wasn't an expert or one person or two people that worked at NASA or worked in the rocket industry that could find a solution to this problem. But the minute Elon Musk democratized it and he put it out for the world, he said, who out there with an engineering degree that doesn't work for NASA, that isn't beholden upon income or a profit and loss from NASA, can try and come up with a solution how to build a reusable rocket. And today, as we know, SpaceX has reusable rockets. They launch into orbit and the rocket is able to return and land. And this was all done through democratization. They used the world in order to, to find solutions that the experts or two or three people that were employed by the company could not find. I think of, of, of different apps out there. I think it's Gigwalk. I think is I'm not sure. I speak an aggression of the app's name. But where you can now, for example, Johnson & Johnson, they want to know how many uh, baby powders are on their racks in America, for example. And they'll put out an ad and say, we're willing to pay somebody, you know, $150 or $200 if you'll go and count the baby powders for us in so-and-so's store. People can then go online, democratize it, and they might employ, let's say, 1,000 people for the day. None of those people work for the company. None of those people have got job uh contracts, but they simply are doing a service of counting a number in a store, uploading that number onto their system, and by that way, they've democratized the use of, of the population in order to get a service done. And so there are so many examples that you could, I could use over and over in this episode to try and get you to understand that democratization is the way in which your business is either going to be you know, accelerated or it's going to be affected. It's going to be uh, penetrated negatively. Reviews, uh, people commenting about your bad service. Please do not go anywhere near this restaurant or go near this church or go near this. Why? Because they've democratized, digitization has democratized the access to information. And so it's not, again, something to be afraid of, but something to be aware of is how do you deal with a, a bad staff member who causes you damage online because they haven't offered a service properly and now because of democratization of information, your name gets dragged through the mud because the world is able to hear and see from one unhappy customer. And again, not something to be afraid of, but it's something to be aware of, is that when you go online, the minute you put something online, you are forever 
democratizing that information. It is able, it's available for everybody to see your photograph on Instagrams, your posts, your, your comments. I mean, uh, a lot of people today, when you go for job interviews, the first thing they do is they go back the last two, three years on your social media. They're going to look at how many parties you went to and how many posts you put up and what kind of character traits you show. And a lot of people have lost jobs, not because they're bad people, because the company says, well, if you look at your social media status, you're going to be too much of a risk for us as a company. And so they, sometimes you can lose your job interview or your potential employment, again, not because you're a bad person, because the access to information has democratized for the world. And so again, I say to you, how can you position your current organization, your current company? If I look at the church in Cape Town, I democratized the access to our training content. And we've been busy with this over the last two, three years, and it's a continual work in progress. But uploading courses onto our online app platform and offering online courses, five, six, seven lessons per course or whatever, and able to give all our members access to nutritious digital spiritual content, but we've basically democratized it. Anybody in the church who is a member and has access to the platform can click on a button and have access to all the different information that's available. And in that way, we've democratized in information. And so you must understand the power of the internet. It's either going to you know, promote you or it's going to hurt you. But depending on how you see yourself and how you've positioned yourself. Remember, while you are thinking it's just about a physical world, somebody else out there like the Waze app or you know, somebody else in your industry is they're busy thinking about the creativity of, of the market or the industry and somewhere they might be building a digital disruptor to your industry. Again, I think of Elon Musk and I think of uh, Starlink, which is his digital satellite company that he's launched out. He, he sends out uh, satellite internet uh, servers into the into space and uh, they're launching countries on a regular basis and you'll see online and says like let's say for example you know uh, Nigeria is now live or you know sort of whatever UK is live and what happens is they they sign agreements with the local governments but they offer internet services um, to every single person that uh, has access to a phone that can pick up a, a, a satellite signal somewhere and his goal is to have the world covered with internet. You can be in a desert, you can be in the middle of the ocean, you can be anywhere in the world. And if you have a, an account with Starlink, you're able to get access to the internet. Now, think what that does when a country that currently is not digitally very active or digitally has good services, it could be a third world country. But the minute he starts to roll out this, his internet services to you know, countries out there and people out there, instantly, let's assume a country of 30 million people gets suddenly an African country or an Asian country, whatever it might be, and they get access to the internet and they got power, uh, the ability to access the, 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 the on online world. What happens is there is a democratization of a whole nation and suddenly that creativity where they weren't players in the creative market before, now they become creative players and whatever they're going to think up is also going to add to the the challenge of potentially disrupting your industry or my industry or our industry. And so it's this constant evolution. And I want to say to you as well, part of your employment you know, contracts in your company, church, or organization should not just be for experience, but also be for creativity. What creativity does your company need? How do you creatively turn your physical world into a digital world? And how are you able then 
to go into the market and become a disruptor and start to gain access in the digital space, adding to your physical world. And if you can run those two simultaneously, the market might vote and you might end up becoming predominantly digital. Or the market might vote and say, well, just a portion of your company we're willing to use digitally. But still, you could have lost that income for not being willing to digitize or democratize or demonetize or dematerialize. And so I really want to say to you at the conclusion of this six-part uh, series of the, 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 the digital Ds, the six Ds to digital acceleration, is don't be ignorant or don't be naive thinking, well, you know, another two years or three years. I want to say to you, start to disrupt yourself on the fringes. Start to take portions of your organization, be it a church, be it a, a retail, be it a, a service industry, whatever uh, industry you're in, start to disrupt on the fringes and get a few creative thinkers around a table and start to say, how do we take our physical world into the digital space and how do we monetize that? How do we democratize that? How do we digitize that? How do we dematerialize some of our physical aspects of our company? And you'll be surprised. When people start to apply their minds, they come up with all kinds of creative solutions that weren't thought out before. And, you know, in the words of Peter Diamandis, he says, you know, any great idea was a dumb idea the day before it became a great idea. So a great idea is not something that was always a great idea, but when the market started to see it for what it was worth, and the simplicity it could bring to their lives or the solution it could bring to their lives, they then start to utilize that product and then it becomes a great idea. And now everyone says, well, that's just the way we do life. But it wasn't a great idea until somebody thought it out. So don't think that your, your suggestion is gonna be a wrong suggestion. If it doesn't work, well, the market will tell you that. But if it does work, it's gonna catapult you into a new trajectory of a totally new income stream. And that's where you wanna be. You wanna position yourself in a place where you are digitally sharp and physically sharp, and let the one complement the other, feed off the other. As pastors, digitize your church. Have aspects of the church that are available to the youth and young adults and families and have access to digitization. Why? Because that is way the, where the world is going, and that is the way in which you are going to build a great future. Come on. been great to be with you over this six-part series, this um, uh, sort of series within a series. Next week, we continue again. Continuing on our digital journey. We're almost done on this Exponential Leader series. And I know a lot of content. Go back. Re-listen to these six Ds. It doesn't come, you know, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. But as you apply your mind, my challenge to you today is don't just accept the fact that, well, maybe I'll put off until tomorrow or maybe in a year's time or two years' time. No. Get around a table. And in your staff, you'll be surprised. There are people that have a passion for digitization. You can relocate them or realign them into places where they can become a great benefit to your organization. Listen, have an amazing, amazing week. Can't wait to be with you next week. Have an awesome week. In Jesus' name, amen.